Well, friends, entering into God's promises isn't always easy. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, God makes wonderful promises for your life. Uh, God promises to strengthen you and help you. God promises uh, that there is healing and there's resurrection power. He promises to save us from destruction. He promises to work for our good in all things. He promises to break the chains of injustice and untie the cords of heavy burdens. He promises to give wisdom. He promises forgiveness. A whole lot of things that God promises to give you at particular times, in particular situations. God promises these things for you. Uh, The thing to be listening for is what promise is God fulfilling right now for you in your life? And the start of the book of Joshua begins with big promises. Uh, Joshua listens to God. He discerns and hears God's voice uh, saying that the promise to be fulfilled right now for him is for God's people to enter the land that has been set aside for them. Now, that's not the promise that's being fulfilled for us right now. Uh, As we're reading through Joshua over the next few weeks, we'll get a sense of just how old this story is. Uh, It is from a very different time and place to where we are at right now. Uh, The lines on the map look very different. Uh, Communication looks very different. There's no mobile reception for Joshua and God's people. Uh, There's no printing press. Uh, Reading is just not a common thing for them. Travel is different and how they eat and farm for food is different. There's no Uber and there's no Uber Eats for them. They're living in a very different time. So God's promise to them, what he is calling them into, where God is leading them, is not the particular promise that God is leading us into. But there is still a lot for us to learn about who God is because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he has plans for you right now. There is a purpose for your existence on this planet. As long as there is breath in your lungs, there is purpose for why you are alive. Well, what we hear about at the start of Joshua chapter 1 is the setting, the context of this purpose of Joshua's life and the life of the Israelites who were God's family. So uh, if you were around last year, we were going through the story of Joseph and how Joseph and his brothers, they end up going into Egypt um, so that, that is, they're the sons of Israel, that is the start of the Israelites. Uh, they are a small family who goes into Egypt and they there, they prosper enormously and they become a large people group. The Israelites become a people Um, and uh, the Egyptians eventually they get sick of this and they turn nasty, so God uh, God calls them out of Egypt. God brings them into Egypt. He then calls them out of Egypt at the right time. Uh, The exodus from Egypt is led by Moses. Uh, Moses takes them through the desert and back to the land they had come from. 
uh, the land that had been promised and set aside for them. But that return journey wasn't smooth. If you know the story, it was not a smooth journey to come back to the land. It was full of problems. There was too much grumbling and complaining. Uh, If you have a tendency to be a grumbler and a complainer, then read the story of Exodus. It is a story for you and a warning about too much grumbling and complaining. Uh, There, there was a lack of trust in the goodness of God to take them through the challenges that they were facing and uh, to take them through that hardship. Uh, But God was taking them to the promised land, and when God makes a promise, he keeps a promise. He does not forget, and he certainly doesn't fail, but it can sometimes take a bit longer because of the hardness of our hearts. We can make the process uh, harder for ourselves. And if you actually look at the the map and the journey that they took, uh, it was not a straight line and they waste too much of their uh, precious lives not living into God's promises. And I've, I've done plenty of that myself. I've, I've sat around twiddling my thumbs when I've known what God's plan and promise is for me. Uh, I've dragged my feet, I've hesitated, I've, I've wasted time indulging in meaningless things. I've been afraid of, of stepping up and leading Uh, I've wallowed internally in my own problems and failings and I've lost focus at times on God's strength and what He is capable of doing through me. Now, I've procrastinated God's promises. Uh, There's a a fun joke about procrastination. Someone asking, "Is is there rehab for procrastination? And they say, yes, but it hasn't opened yet. There's plenty of procrastination going on of God's promises. And the consequence for Moses, we're we're just going through the backstory here, the consequence for Moses is that he gets the people to the edge of the promised land. He gets them to the edge of the promised land. But he dies before entering. And so now Joshua is appointed And as we heard, it says there at the start, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. So that's what God is leading his people into then, in that moment in history. So have a think now, what is God leading you into right now? That's, that, was, that was for them. What is the promise that God is leading you into in this moment in history? Now some of us might find that easier to answer than others. Uh, last week, you might remember, we prayed for Liz and blessed her. Now, she finds it really easy to answer that question. As she goes uh, over to Zambia, uh, the pandemic has disrupted how she's been living out, of, uh, living out part of God's uh, purpose and plan for her, uh, but she's very thankful to be able to step back into that adventure for her life again. Uh, Liz finds it very easy to say where God is leading her. And Joshua found it easy to answer that question because he had a clear word from God. Uh, God said to him, you will 
lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their answers to give them. But it's not that easy to recognize for everyone. So what I would encourage you to do is to have a look at the you will statements. Look for you will statements. Uh, Joshua was told, you will lead these people. So what have we been told about what we will be doing? And now there are some layers to this. You might remember the last words of Jesus to his disciples and how he sets out a plan for all of us to participate in. Uh, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We're recipients of people fulfilling that promise and we go on living out that promise that we will be witnesses to the ends of the earth. Now that was a, a new promise, a new covenant promise. And that uh, statement of you will stands for us now. It's a co covenant promise made by God for everyone who follows Jesus. Each of us bear witness to Jesus. As Christians, we carry his name. We display to others the spirit of Jesus that we are filled with. Uh, that's God's will. But, of course, we need to be active participants as well. Uh, every Christian is called to be useful and productive and do good work that glorifies our God in heaven. Uh, in the workplace, in the home, we work diligently and, and well. We work well as though our boss is Jesus. We work with eyes for him. So there are things for all Christians at all times that are always true for us to live out and pursue, but there are things that are more local. There is a local mission that is somewhat unique for Oak Tree Anglican. Uh, we are a geographical parish in Caulfield and Elstonwick. Uh, we have this uh, St. Mary's building and there's the St. Clement's building over in Elstonwick. There are schools and cafes and restaurants. There are neighbours all around us that God has a will for us to be a blessing to. Uh, the particular word for us in this last season has been opening the church doors. How are we opening the doors of the church through this pandemic? We, we don't have to necessarily do anything uh, wild or ambitious. We just need to focus on getting the doors open and navigating all of the changes that we've had in the restrictions. Uh, interestingly, uh, the Anglican Diocese of Melbourne have been putting out uh, newsletter updates about uh, the COVID uh, pandemic and the restrictions. So these updates to restrictions that we've had to um, put in place as a local church. And they just put out, over a week ago, they put out update number, have a guess. More. 145. Update 145. There have been 145 update changes to what we can do as a local church <laughs> over the last two years. 
So just, that's just been our, that's been our calling. That's, that's just what we've meant to, needed to do. That's been our, our part of our local mission right now. We will <laughs> do those 145 changes along the way. And now here we are. They, they said that is hopefully the last, actually, uh, which is great to hear that uh, they're hoping that that's the last. And it was a great easing of uh, many things. But now that means there's probably a bit of a shift of focus for us. Um, there's a new season ahead, a new or a renewed calling for us as Oak Tree Anglican to be a local healthy church. Uh, and then uh, another layer to this again, a third layer, is that there's for each of us as individuals and what is sometimes called your personal vocation. Vocation means calling. Uh, that thing that God is calling you and only you to do in the world right now. Uh, so I had a calling on my life to be a pastor of a local church and now uh, here I am, this is my vocation. And you have all been gifted in unique ways to contribute, both uh, within these walls and beyond the walls as well. There are things for you to do that you have been called to do. And the Bible expects this. There, there is uh, one God, one spirit, we are one in Christ, but there's a great variety amongst us. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul writes to the Corinthian church, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. So you have a part to play. Just like Joshua and the people being called into the promised land, all of us have a part to play in God's story right here, right now. And the world is missing out if you don't play your part. We are less if you don't step up to be the salt of the earth, to be the light of the world. There are always promises for you to enter into. And that's amazing. But it is not always easy. Listen again to what God uh, says to Joshua. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses uh, gave you. And it goes on for a little bit. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Why would Joshua need to be told three times, be strong and courageous? Any guesses? It's not gonna be easy. It's kind of the same reason why angels turn up and they always have to say, don't be afraid. Is because people are afraid when they turn up and they have to say it. Joshua's about to do something significant and he's going to need courage and strength. Triple strength and triple courage, as it seems. He needs to be told three times and then at the end, the people reiterate it back to him. There's a fourth time it comes back to him. Be strong and courageous. Now, this is not just for Joshua. 
This is also for us. Jesus told us that we will face trouble in this world. We will suffer. We will experience some form of persecution as we go out living a godly life. We will. It's probably not the we will that uh, we'd like to hear, but this is the reality of of what we face. Uh, One of the amazing examples of a faithful Christian who has stepped into God's promises even when it is not easy is Jackie Pullinger. Uh, At the age of 22, she felt called to be a missionary in Africa, uh, but she wasn't able to get support from any of the mission agencies then. And in a dream, she was directed to Hong Kong. So... In 1966, she got on a boat and went to Hong Kong and she had $10 in her possession. That was it. No connections at all, basically. And she just got to work. And she ended up in the hardest part of Hong Kong and perhaps one of the hardest parts to work in the world. She started working with drug addicts and people who sleep on the streets in the midst of violent gangs. She has now spent over half a century working with those people, with heroin addicts, gang members, and sex workers. If, uh, if you've done the Alpha course recently, uh, you will have seen an interview with her where she says, God wants us to have soft hearts and hard feet The trouble with so many of us is that we have hard hearts and soft feet. So because of our hard hearts, uh, we don't recognize God's promises and the things he is calling us into. And because of our soft feet, we don't want to walk into his promise even when we do hear what it is but instead we are meant to have soft hearts so that we receive God's word for us and hard feet so that we are strong and courageous to go and live into it. So uh, soft hearts and hard feet is uh, something for us to remember throughout this series through Joshua. Uh, But there's a crucial thing we learn here in Joshua 1. Uh, that I want to finish on, and that is how we have strength and courage. How how do we have this strength? If we need triple strength and triple courage, how are we going to have that? Because uh, we might think that being courageous and strong is just a certain type of person. There's there's courageous and strong people, and maybe I'm not one of them. Uh, or maybe perhaps we think it, you know, it's a character trait of natural born leaders, perhaps courage and strength is, is built up through training and uh, hard work along the way. And perhaps there's some uh, truth to those things, but have a look at what God tells Joshua about courage and strength. God says to Joshua, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Then he says, be strong and courageous. It comes after, the be strong and courageous comes after, 
I will be with you. God will be with Joshua. God's presence is what gives him strength and courage. Every you will comes with it an I will from God. God will do something for you so that you can go and live out and live into these promises. That also is for us. Jesus says, I will be with you until the very end of the age. Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. God is present to you. And that means we can face the huge waves of life, uh, the joys and the tragedies, with a deep anchor for the soul. Uh, We can step out in great faith to do extraordinary things, or we can just do the ordinary things with extraordinary purpose and extraordinary meaning. So friends, may you know God's presence. May you know that Jesus is with you. You don't have to create strength and courage. It comes from God's strength and God's courage, his presence in your life. And may you have a clear vision of the calling, the unique calling that he has placed on your life. Perhaps it is larger and more challenging than you think.